Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hi, friends. Welcome to Soul Talks. Thank you for joining us. Bill and I love having you in our community. We love hearing from you. And we got a letter, an email this week from Jim Long. Jim and Lindsay have been in our Soul Shepherding Institute and Spiritual Direction Training. And we so appreciated you contacting us, Jim. Jim said, I listened to your Soul Talks podcast the last two, a second time. I'll probably listen to them a third time because you model empathy with each other live and authentically. It's so instructive, whether you're talking about the coronavirus or even day-to-day interactions in relationship without a crisis. Thank you for living your faith out loud and in front of us. Hey, Jim and Lindsay. So good to have you in the audience and all of you listening. And we would love to have you in our institute sometime. Uh, It would be life-changing for you and the people that you connect with. And sort of a part two on Jim's connection to us is uh, because we we listen to you when you send us your comments, however you send them to us. Uh, Social media, uh, reviews on our our Soul Talks podcast, our, our book, uh, on our Facebook page, Instagram page, all, all these places. We, we get all those messages. We read them. We thank God for them. And uh, we, uh, so Jim says uh, he's, he was doing spiritual direction with a, a young man who's graduating from college this May. And that, let's just pause there for a second. That's a tough place to be right now. You're, you're a student. Mm-hmm. You're looking forward to graduation. And what's going to happen with that? Uh, you know, that's, that graduation ceremony is going to maybe be postponed. And and certainly the classes are all different now, and the experience of community with students is all different. So so Jim says that in his ministry of spiritual direction to this young man, he's helping him to process the losses, all that the coronavirus pandemic has cost him. And, uh, and what happens is in life is that grief t- triggers grief. And so his grief over... Uh, what, he, what he's lost in his community with his friends and his school experience and possibly his graduation experience and other things in his life is triggering some losses from childhood when he was raised in an alcoholic home. And it's the same for all of us, that as we're going through the, the really stressful, difficult times now, that it triggers other, other griefs. And so, so Jim had this idea. He said, well, you know, in your next webinar, why don't you talk to us about how to be helpful in offering empathy and comfort to people who are grieving. And so that's what we're going to be doing uh, this week, friends, as you are listening to this podcast. Uh, on Thursday of this week, we're going to be doing a webinar on uh, naming your losses and uh, offering comfort for losses. And that'll be on our Soul Shepherding YouTube page. If you didn't know, we have a YouTube page that's full of uh, video teachings by Christy and me. And we've just started doing some live webinars, and then those get recorded, and so they can be watched later. But it's always fun to have you live because then we get to see each other uh, face to face, and we get to interact together. You can ask your questions, and we respond to your questions, you know, right there on the spot. So you know, wish we could do that now. And we 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 we're talking right to you from our home, probably to your home these days, and uh, that's what we love that we get to do in Soul Talks. So we are talking about uh, today, about COVID-19, the tiredness we feel is grief. You know, that was something that I learned in a past grief. 
Bill, is how when I feel tired, and even this week it happened again, we were sitting at the dinner table, and I was about to tell you, gosh, I I just don't know what's wrong with me. I just don't have any energy. I just feel tired. And then I said, oh, never mind. I know what it is, (laughs) because as soon as I said those words to you, I realized, oh, it's the grief that I'm feeling right now with all Mm. the losses associated with Mm -hmm. all the changes that this virus has brought and the sadness of people that are suffering as well. You know, we know a couple of pastors in the hospital right now with it and just, you know, feeling sad for them and the the Mm -hmm. sads of, of, of other people's losses, people that, you know, their weddings now, all their plans, all they worked for are canceled us with, you know, our Institute retreat was, you know, we're having to postpone that the next Institute retreat there's loss in that. I was looking forward to seeing our people and being together. So I think that the tiredness is something that sometimes we don't realize that it's tied to grief. Yeah. And so what you're saying is that a part of recognizing the grief is naming those losses, just give, describing them and talking about what's, what's happened. And most of us are feeling grief. We might not all feel it that way in tiredness. It might be felt and expressed in other ways. So even last night I noticed as I was making dinner, I found myself kind of just sighing big. And I was like, oh, that's what I did when my dad died after, you know, Mm. in the months that followed my dad's death. I would sigh like that. I would find myself just sighing like that. It's like the grief sigh. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, others others of us are feeling this, uh, it's like a cloud of, a dark cloud of anxiety or or dread or just um, uh, scattered thoughts and restless body. Yeah, there's different ways that the grief will be expressed in different personalities, in different people's lives, different bodies, ways you feel it in your body. And Some so- of us are reacting with anger. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's sort of like whatever your personality pattern is and whatever your stress reaction type is, it, it's probably coming out now. Yeah, and then even unconsciously. So I had a dream this week that it was a grief dream for me. Tell us about that. Well, I dreamed that it was 21 years ago, and our kids were two and four and six. Now you're dating us. (laughs) (laughs) And they were in our minivan, and I got in the minivan, and it was going to, you know, we were going to go out, and I looked in the back seat, and I saw that our youngest was in a a new car seat, and I was like, oh, you're so big, you're growing so fast, you've grown so much, and it was kind of like, Almost like I'd been away or something, and I'd missed some of the growth. I hadn't bought that car seat, and so that was part of the dream. So right there, you're you're feeling sad because it's like our our youngest has, has grown up and gotten so big, and how how that happened so fast. Yeah, and I think that grief was triggered because we haven't been able to see our granddaughter. Yeah, in the last few weeks because of you know needing to keep them safe, mm-hmm. and so just I'm seeing pictures of her. And videos of her every day that our daughter is sending, and I'm seeing how much she's growing, and I'm feeling like, oh, I'm missing it, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. you yeah. want to be a part of that. You want to be close to that, and me too. Where we're hearing her speak in more sentences now, and I mean, at least we can we can do a, a live video and and so forth. And she was, oh, Gigi, Papa, you know. And she's last night. She's playing with her little toy cake and giving us a bite, and we're going, oh, yum, yum, you know, like we're eating it but over the video. But it's not the same. It's nothing like the same. It is not the same. Yeah, I every all. time I watch that, I feel sad. I feel yeah. like, oh, it's almost hard to watch because, it's, like, I want to just hard. hold her and hug her and yeah, run around the house with her and tickle her and you yeah. know, yeah, it'd be easier just to just to really cut ourselves off there in one sense. I mean, we don't want to do that, but 
there's a temptation in the grief sometimes to do that. Well, and it illustrates the point that uh, you know, out of love for for Juliet, our granddaughter, and for our, our daughter and son-in-law, you know, we, we move towards them, and that's what we do in, in relationship. But uh, this is an illustration how that that can trigger distress, feelings of loss, sadness, and so a lot of us have a natural tendency to like avoid that. But if we if we avoid that 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 anxious feeling, that sad feeling that comes, then it, it cuts us off from people, from from the Lord even, from experiencing uh, our uh, connection to God. Right. Well, even sharing my dream with you, and there was more to the dream, but as I shared it with you, I received help for all that emotion that I was, that unconsciously I was trying to process. Yeah, well, what was there, there was something about stuffed animals in your dream. Yeah, well, we went to the store, and it was a craft store because we were going to do something creative because... That was bonding for yeah. us in the past and fun, and we were all looking forward to it, the kids and I. And as we as they pulled in the parking lot and parked, you know, there were things in the window, and there were these really soft, furry, cuddly blankets. And mm. you know, the kids were like, "Oh, look at that!" And they were wanting to run in and hold them and you know, cuddle them. And I was realizing, oh, you know, we we can't go to this store. It's 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 not open to us. It doesn't sell essential items. Mm. And that's when I woke up and it was just that sadness. And I think also what came out in that dream with the blankets and wanting to cuddle those was we're longing for comfort. Mm-hmm. We're all grieving in grief. We're wanting, we're longing for the joy and the bonding with them because we can't see our kids right now that that was coming out of my dream. And I'm grieving that and wanting to go do have that with them and drive them to the store and have this bonding experience and do crafts and, you know, and we're wanting comfort. We're wanting the comfort of that cozy blanket. Yeah. So when when did uh, crafts with kids become a non essential item? You know what, <laughs> <laughs> what have we lost in our society? Right in in, the, in these times of coronavirus and social distancing and self quarantining to keep safe. And this is important. This is a, uh, this is neighbor love mm-hmm. for the vulnerable and and for all of us to to stop the spread of this. But but we're 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 losing a lot of soul potentially in, in the process. Because like uh, meeting together at church is like not an essential thing, you know, and it's just dangerous to have so many people in the same place at the same time. That's how the virus spreads. And so many activities and places that we would normally go and our normal routines that are life-giving for us, and they just give us structure and, and meaning. And to, to not be able to do that in this time, there's some really major losses there. It is. And, you know, there are things we're doing to stay connected over the Internet. Well, we can do that, which is helpful. But we miss that, those those comforts, those those hugs, that touch, that physical touch like you wrote about in last week's blog. We're missing that. And it's a grief. And to be able to name it and to be able to talk about it is important. Yeah, the loss of touch, like I wrote about in last week's blog, it's like, you know, I get together with my friend Lance and uh, at least we can because we're neighbors we can take a walk six feet apart and that's that's healthy and okay and so there is some proximity there and so it's pretty closer to normal to what we normally do Uh, you know my friend John it's not so easy and so we're talking over the phone and you know I miss being a lunch with him Mm -hmm. Uh, I miss being face to face and getting together with our executive team which we do every week and we get together in person and, you know, we hug and we pray and we, we see each other. And we feel each other's energy and we're together and we're doing the work of soul shepherding. But now that's happening on, on Zoom. Yeah. And so you're missing that time. You're feeling grief about that. Yeah. It's the, it's the loss of, of touch and, and like 
touchable, palpable connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think it does affect our, our brains. You know, we're, we're made to bond. We're made for attachment. And this is getting in the way of those attachment relationships. And that's a deep pain for us. What helps you when you're feeling the grief to, to identify it and to be able to find the Lord's comfort for you in it? Well, it helps me to talk to you about it and you listen and uh, ask me questions and you lean in with curiosity and energy and you put words to what I'm feeling and we pray together. So, you know, that's a huge help. I go outside and take a walk or a run and practicing the, the social distancing, but, mm-hmm. but you know, be in, be, be in beauty yeah. and uh, be around our lake and the trees and the grass and the sky and the birds. And, and I just, I just walk or run with Jesus and I just talk to the Lord about things I'm seeing, about what I'm feeling. I give thanks for many different uh, blessings and graces and talk to the Lord about our, our work that we're doing in soul shepherding and listen to ideas, uh, feelings, energies that God might give me about particular things. And so, you know, that, that all helps a lot, particularly in, in this time. Yeah, and it, it's helped me, too, to have an understanding of the grief process because grief has different expressions at different times, and I've experienced them all in this crisis. You know, there's times I go into denial, and mm-hmm. I just, you know, nothing's different. It's all the same. You yeah. know, like like I was in my dream. I get in the car. And, you know, I want to go to do the things that I normally do. I, I get in denial. I th- then I go to the anger about it, feeling, you know, angry, and sometimes that comes out when... I'm reading these conspiracy articles about things, you know, and and then the doomsday uh, articles about how the world's going to come to an end. Or now some and, of yeah. the politics are, you know, so the political things and maneuvers. Yeah, it's just meanness going on. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll feel anger about that. And then the bargaining, you know, what what can I do to stop this? What can I do to be safe? What can I do to make this better? What can I do to, you know, there there's a sense of even bargaining with, you know, well. Maybe we could see our kids this way, or maybe we could, you know, and there's bargaining of trying to work things out to lessen the grief or to prevent it. Or really, I think what's really in that is grasping for control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when I'm grieving and I've lost and things have been taken from me, I feel out of control and I don't want more of it. And I'm feeling anticipatory grief of what, what might be coming next. And I'm wanting to try to bargain my way out of that, control my way from more lost. Yeah, we are feeling an apprehensiveness and a a worry and a ruminating around how bad could things get. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially as the virus sort of uh, escalates the the number of people that have contracted it. And more and more we're hearing about people we personally know and have connection to who who have the virus and uh, the reports. And so you start worrying about that and all the financial loss and the changes in our society. And when when is it going to get back to some sort of a new normal? And we can project into that with a lot of uh, scary scenarios. And again, depending upon our personality type, we, we might go into a lot more of that. Uh, or we might, again, try to go back to the denial and, mm-hmm. and get all optimistic about everything. Mm-hmm. And then the other, the other stage is depression. Just getting depressed, getting hopeless, forgetting that you know God is good, that he redeems everything. And we can really sink down into a depression with all of the loss and you even get depressive about the future with those anticipatory griefs. And that's a lot of the tiredness. A lot of times 
uh, you know, you're listening, you might not name the feeling of depression, but you, you feel the, the weariness or, or the heaviness or just kind of, kind of having negative thoughts and, or not, not feeling hopeful about things. The way I've heard somebody say it this week, a couple people is, I, I just can't, I don't have motivation to do. I'm, I'm not able to do the things that I'm thinking of that I could do or that need to be done that are accessible to me in my home while I'm sheltering in place. Yeah, because we have lower energy. Uh-huh. There have been a, a number of times, I think it happens more than once a day, where I just, I just feel in my body a tiredness that I, I wouldn't normally feel, feel. And I just go sit down or lay down somewhere and I'll just imagine myself being held in Jesus' arms, and I just I might might nap or doze a little bit, but I just say, okay, I'm not going to do anything now, but just be here in God's presence and feel whatever I feel, and let the Lord just bathe me in His compassion, and just trust that God is taking care of me and my family. The work is soul shepherding. The Lord is working on that. I can be like the farmer that goes to sleep at night, and hey, that seed that's been planted, it's going to rise up and grow, and, and a wonderful crop. And you know, God does that. So you're moving there into from the depression into acceptance and accepting what's going on and even welcoming that because you're in God's presence and you're able to welcome him and reorient in his kingdom, trusting him. Yeah, I think as we accept the the depression, the the tiredness, the sadness, then and and usually we need the help of prayer, journaling, empathy from people to help us accept, own, integrate those emotions, you just articulate them, even just to know specifically what it is that we're feeling. But as we go through that process of sort of like personal emotional acceptance, it helps us to then accept the reality of the world that we live in now and and the limitations that we're experiencing, the disruptions that we're experiencing, uh, and then hopefully come to make the best of it, right? Yeah. And I think we need to be really gentle with ourselves to not be judging ourselves for these things. I know I've fallen into some self-judgment with these different stages, sometimes finding myself, you know, in a grief stage and judging myself for being there. And that's that's not helpful. That just makes it worse. And so that's where I think being able to come and to share it and receive empathy and to talk about it and have other people validate it and understand yeah, you know, I can totally see why you're feeling that. And that's that's real. That's a grief right now. So you mean things like telling yourself, oh, I shouldn't uh, be emotional. I'm being, uh, I shouldn't be depressed right now. I have so much to be grateful for. Or... How come I'm not able to get all this done? I got this long list and I'm not able to mm-hmm. be, you know, making progress and checking it off. And, you know. Yeah, so you start judging yourself, finding fault with yourself. And, and then so the point you're making in, in part here is that that just makes the depression worse mm-hmm. and, and it's pulling you away from God's loving presence. It's pulling you away from the people who care for you and, and want to support you. Right. Instead of leaning into and being, asking for empathy for what I'm feeling or even taking that in prayer to the Lord, journaling, praying a psalm of lament, which is a practice that's so helpful with that. With yeah, because the psalmist helps us to find the words mm-hmm. and, and shows us how to find the words for what we feel, but do it in a way that is constructive for building up faith, mm-hmm. right? The, 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 you know, faith and emotions need to integrate to be healthy in our life, and the psalmist shows us how to do that. We have an article on that on our coronavirus and soul care page, Soul Shepherding. So we invite you to 
to look at that those resources are there for you. They're resources that have been helpful to us. Yes, yeah, one page full of uh, podcasts, blogs, spiritual discipline experiences, prayer experiences, uh, fear not resources, uh, comfort for grief. It's one, one page for some of the best soul shepherding resources, and many of them are specifically on these coronavirus times and what we're experiencing and, and how to deal with that. And it's all free for you and the people in your church, the people that you care for. And then we're also going to be making available to you Bill's Unforsaken with Jesus on the Stations of the Cross. So he put this together out of his own devotions of doing the Stations of the Cross over and over and then uh, editing it for me so that I could could really do it in a way that was very connective because I was having trouble with the Stations of the Cross. Uh, expl- ex- explain that. So you're talking about our, our book. Look, this is a short book called mm-hmm. Unforsaken. And so uh, explain to people why I edited it. What, what, what was difficult or hard about the Stations of the Cross? Because traditionally, a lot of the Stations of the Cross are just so gruesome and so painful, and that it was really hard for me to feel a connection to Jesus because of all the pain and the suffering of it. And so you were able to help me to see God's goodness in each of the stages, to experience his love and goodness in the midst of all of the suffering. Yeah, so because part of your challenge has been, and, and lots of people share this with us, because of on the cross, Jesus quotes Psalm 22 and says, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so some of us get the idea that, and it's, and it's a theological teaching, that because Jesus is carrying our sin, God rejected Jesus. And that can feel uh, abandoning, it can feel uh, shaming, and it can feel like, well, if if God would do that to his own son, Jesus, what's he going to do to me? Right. So a lot of people struggle with that. And so we come at it from the perspective that, well, the Bible doesn't actually say that God literally rejected, abandoned, uh, disdained Jesus because he carried our sin. Uh, so our interpretation is that, well, Jesus felt forsaken. He felt abandoned as anyone would under such extreme suffering. And he's articulating, he's being that wounded healer, articulating our experience. And so we teach that God the Father is right there with Jesus through the whole ordeal of the cross and the crucifixion, uh, all the way into the resurrection. And it's the same for us. And he's right here with us in our sadness and losses during this coronavirus as well. We're making this guide available online as a resource for you to use and to have an experience online with your church. We hope you share it with your church during Holy Week. It's called Unforsaken Guide. And so this is an interactive experience with uh, artist drawings, with uh, music, and with very short uh, scripture meditations going station by station through the cross. And it's a gift from soul shepherding to the church in these coronavirus times. Uh, And, you know, because we're needing to do church online, we're needing to do small groups and soul friendship online or in video rooms. And so this is a shared experience that you can have with a friend and then you can have a soul talk together about that. In fact, that's what we'll be doing next week on soul talk is that Christy and I will be processing with you live our experience, you know, in our life today in the year 2020, this Holy Week as we're in these coronavirus times, how are we experiencing Jesus ministering to us, you know, or not? What are, what are the uh, ups and downs, the consolations and desolations that we're having in our life? And we'll 
give each other empathy in that. And we're inviting you, as we always do in Soul Talks, we're inviting you into that conversation that Christine and I are having, as Jim said at the opening testimony, to invite you into a conversation of empathy and prayerfulness and spiritual hospitality to help you experience the, the, the rhythms and tones and, and words and angles into that kind of a relationship so that you can live it and share it with your friends. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you that we do not grieve without hope. That because of you, there's meaning in our lives in the midst of loss. I pray for each of our listeners, Lord, that they would draw near to you, that they would be honest with you about the grief that they're feeling, that they would receive your empathy and that you would provide ambassadors of you to minister your empathy to them as well. And that you would, that they would draw strength from their union in you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 